We, the citizens of the city of Billings, for the purpose of establishing a just form of fundamental law, one that is responsible to the public for providing equal and adequate services and protections with efficient use of the community's revenue for all, one that provides for self-governing powers with respect to health, safety, and welfare of every citizen, and one that utilizes the utmost flexibility to plan for the future, do establish this charter for the city of Billings of the state of Montana. The Friday Packet with Stocky and Stout. Kind of a short notice uh, interview. Yeah. I got a call yesterday from you. Yeah. Well, Jared is the one who put this together. Nice. Thanks, Jared. Son of Gerald Gray. He said, you guys should talk to my dad. (laughs) But it's kind of a momentous day we have with us... uh, I guess the chairman of the Little Shell, uh, Gerald Gray, mm-hmm. is with us in the dump today. <laughs> we call this the dump. Nice. nice. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, I don't know why. Where Anna Page again. She, oh, yeah. She called it the dump because mm-hmm. she was feeling, she was confessing something. Or we were. We were. <laughs> yeah, I think well, so. And then yep. we called it the dump. <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a, um, a pretty cool situation and it's kind of an honor to have you here with us, Gerald, because... Uh, the uh, little shell is all but completely federally recognized now. Am I correct? I just learned about thirty minutes ago that the president did sign it. No but kidding. He'll sign it. He's going to do the um, official. Oh, he's uh, going to hold it up and do this thing. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Tomorrow at seven thirty, prime time. Ooh. Or seven p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So he's going to get some mileage out of it, of course. I mean, sure, it's a whatever. big deal. There. Um, the NDA. National Defense Authorization Act does have some really cool things in it besides us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think it's real positive. Like one of it's, you know, um, it's either 3.1 or 3.2% pay raise for the military, cool. which is always good. Yeah. And then there's um, paid maternity leave for all federal employees, which I didn't know it didn't they didn't have. I heard about that. Yeah, that's, so that's pretty, pretty cool. Like 12 weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's yeah. more than most people in America have. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty fantastic. Exactly. Cool. And, and, and the creation of Space Force. Yeah, I was going to say. Ooh, hey, that's <laughs> what, I think that. that I, I think tomorrow night that's going to be the big... <laughs> yeah, probably. They'll have some people in space suits standing behind them with little laser guns or something. Like yeah. you said, barf and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. The new Captain force. Captain are going to be there <laughs> at the signing ceremony. Right. God. Yep. The federal recognition of the little shell was this time put into a must pass and it was it was done that way by basically all three montana reps correct they they are well actually so how how it really went down was um it went tester had to go to mcconnell Mm -hmm. and ask well tester and schumer had to go to mcconnell and ask him if he would do it Mm mm-hmm Put it in there, and then McConnell agreed to as long as it was a called a Danes Amendment. Okay. So then Danes, uh, of course, was all in agree- agreement to do it, too. Yeah, he didn't mind having his name on it? Yeah, right? <laughs> gotcha. That's interesting, and Tester's yeah. been working on this every year. He's been... 12 years. That's awesome. And it's the first bill every Congress um, he introduces. That's why it's always had such a low number. No kidding. Yeah, like 50s, 90s. That's really cool. 
But yeah, no, it's pretty. It is really cool that he's he's done that for you know ever since he's been in Congress. Worked pretty hard for it. Nice. Yeah, for it's everybody really listening, cool. what what exactly are we talking about? What is the uh, the defense? It was the oh no defense bill, but we're talking about Little Shell yeah Tribe Restoration Act. Okay, restoring so, our federal recognition. Gotcha. Act. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And the Little Shell's been shooting for this for how long? Um. Well, we've actually about 127 years. Wow. I mean, if you date back, so what happened was, uh, if you could look at the 10 cent treaty, I mean, that's kind of when it started and it was called the old crossing treaty and then became the McCumbered agreement. Um, what happened was little shell was approached by the federal government to sell 10,000 acres or 10 million acres, some one of the two, 10 yeah. million. Yeah. And, um, and we went into negotiations with the federal government. He wanted to pay him ten cents an acre, and he said, "Oh no, it's it's worth at least a dollar, an acre," and walked out. Well, the federal government then backdoored him and had uh, another guy come in and place an X and called him a chief. Oh. And he wasn't. He <laughs> wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. And so that became the infamous ten cent treaty. Oh wow! And the federal government has since then um, penalized us. <laughs> And always, you know, we're not going to recognize you, All, especially through the, you know, at least through the 1950s. That was, you know, a real sore spot for them. Pretty vindictive about it, huh? Exactly what it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's how we always felt. <laughs> yeah. Being vindictive, you know. Yeah. Because our sister tribes, Turtle Mountain, Rocky Boy, and White Earth are all part of the Pembina um, band. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, we had a huge band, was Pembina, and... Um, what happens is you can't all live together, you know, move throughout what was in North America mm-hmm. because you'd starve. So he broke up into bands. Sure. We were part of Little Shell Band, you know, Rocky Boys Band. And the federal government, I think it was 1916, gave Rocky Boy a reservation. But we were supposed to be added to that. But then they said, nope, we're going to leave these 223 families off. Hmm. And that was us. Really? <laughs> like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Just being vindictive again. Thanks a huh? lot. Yeah. And wow. then they went to later on in the, I think it was the 50s, um, add 25 Little Shell families to the, they added a piece of land to the southern border of Rocky Boy. But then Rocky Boy got vindictive and said, no, that's our reservation. We're not giving it to them. Really? So we would have had a part, mm-hmm. but then they didn't. So you would have been recognized under Rocky Boy's yeah. umbrella, basically? Well, no. We'd have had our own little piece adjoining, <clears throat> oh. just like how Crow and Northern Cheyenne. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. It'd be like that. Huh. Yeah. And so Rocky Boy got it vindictive and said, no, we're taking the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's complicated as hell. Um, so, I mean, what what will be the advantages of being federally recognized? Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably the most predominant question out there right mm-hmm. now for everybody little shell non-natives too um you know first and foremost it's really about dignity of course yeah i mean we've had to go through this whole our whole lives is you know the whole stigma of oh you're just wannabes you know when we actually know we're we're indian yeah you know so that's the first thing mm-hmm. but what it really provides is access to health care mm-hmm. ihs indian health system um some housing and education Sure. You know, those are the three basic um, umbrella things that the federal government is supposed to provide tribes under treaty um, negotiations, our yeah. obligations. Sure. So, 
Well, it, the the dignity <laughs> and the hundred and some year fight yeah. for it, I, I imagine that that's pretty damn satisfying for you. Yeah, that's probably the most important thing, you know. And yeah. We've been fighting for, it's been a long time. I mean, we couldn't do it through, um, there's three different ways we could have been recognized. We went through the normal route, which is the Office of Federal Acknowledgement. They call it, um, you, you petition. Mm-hmm. And you have to meet seven criteria. We've been in that hopper since the early seventies. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, <laughs> and they've we were we are in two thousand. Kevin Gover's assistant secretary of Indian Affairs gave us a positive finding. Said, "Yep, they meet all the requirement." There's three people in an office. One of them's name's Lee Fleming. He said, "No, they don't." He fought for nine years and had it over overturned in two thousand nine. Really? And we're like, what? And so we met. We have over 100,000 pieces of paper documenting our existence, our history, who we are, where we've been, where, you know, where we are today. Mm-hmm. Some tribes have gotten recognized with less than 500 pieces of paper. We're a, over 100,000. No kidding? Yeah. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> what was this problem? But those, those him and, yeah. and two other people in there has said, one of them was quoted as saying, um, as long as I'm in this office, there'll be no tribes recognized. So it's like, what the hell are you doing in this office then? You know, that's your job. So they've obviously got some kind of sore spot with Indian in huh. the country. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty sad when you hear that kind of stuff because, you know, there's not really not much you can do but try to keep fighting and wait, kind of wait them out <laughs> because you know yeah. that they're not gonna, they're not gonna do it. So, and then in. About, well, four years ago, um, they we are the poster child for a broken federal recognition process under OFA. And then um, Kevin Washburn came in and he said, we got to change these rules. And it helped, it benefited us because the dates are really crazy and how, you, how long you had to prove you were a government going back, you know, 1800s. It's like, and you had to document, it's like, well, we didn't write stuff down. We're yeah, oral no history kidding. people. We didn't have paper and pencils. Yeah, or computers. So yeah, they want email records. Yeah, so the they, yeah, so, so they changed that. <laughs> but going back, so there's the second part is you can be recognized by a, um, a bill, Congress, mm-hmm. like we just did. Sure. Third one was the assistant secretary or the secretary, or actually be the secretary of interior, like when Zinke. Mm-hmm was he mm-hmm. could have just waived regulations and said, yeah, I recognize them. Just stamped it. Yeah. Huh. But he didn't have, you know, the wherewithal to do it because his first day in office, um, the OIG, offer, Office of Inspector General, looked at him and said, we're watching you on this little shell thing. Don't do Really? It. Yeah. Some yeah. specific thing to call somebody out on on their first day. Right away. <laughs> just right away. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty. So there's a lot of politics in play with this kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh, one of those things where I mean, there's more to the backstory of everything yeah. that you know probably I to this day probably don't realize and know sure. about huh. that these guys were dealing with. I'd still love to sit in front of Zinke and say, "What was your deal?" You know, it's within his purview. They can watch him all they yeah. want, and he can just do it, right? Like, yeah. And then there, I'm I'm sure there'd have been a lawsuit, but then that's on them to prove it. Then yeah. Absolutely. We've done our part, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. What the hell? That's I cool. don't know why he didn't. It was. It's really interesting. I think. Wow. Well, he just but. 
He just wanted to go on trips in his plane. Yeah. Yeah, free right. Point. That's a, <laughs> yeah, fly around. Go to go to a Las Vegas night hockey game with the yeah. orange, yeah, sit sure. in the box. Yeah. 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 yeah who, who can blame him? Right. <laughs> I think that's why uh, my boss won't give me a free company jet. Yeah. Oh, I'll probably. I thought you were asking probably. for like a skybox at the Metro. I'm like, well, there's nothing <laughs> you boarding can that happens one. at the Metro oh, anymore. Yeah. You, you can have two of them. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. The DBA box. You we'll just knock through into the other one. <laughs> yeah, anything going on there besides rodeo and <laughs> one yeah. rodeo? Rodeo, yeah, monster and, uh, trucks, monster trucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what else do you want out of life? Rodeos and monster trucks. That's all you <laughs> need. Fair Montana. Point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna watch 98 degrees. Uh, no thanks. Oh, yeah, jeez. So I, I found a bunch of articles online about all this, and oh, uh, cool. um, they're all really interesting, and they all you know basically have the same. But I was, at the end of this one, it's talking about like currently there are six tribes with petitions in progress at the BIA, and six more who will become petitioners after they provide additional documentation. But positive outcomes are unlikely, that, and that sucks. BIA has made a final determination on twenty four cases, but only four of them were positive. Right. It, so, I mean, how many other tribes are fighting oh, for this? So there's, right now, there's over, I'd say, at least 200 easily. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they're, they're some are tribes, some are groups. Uh-huh. You know, the ones that actually, actually have petitioned, I mean, it's like us, we could be sitting in the hopper for 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, and... If we had to continue down the petition route, who knows how long we'd be sitting there with yeah. those people in office. And they know. can just they can just na- say bureaucracy is keeping it slow. They do. And what's what the whole thing about that when they revamp the rules, they never set timelines. Really? And it's like, don't you think you should at least say put an end date to some of this stuff? But yeah. they never did. Of course so, not. Yeah. Of course not. No. Um so last year you guys got pretty close. Yeah, yeah, back in uh, it'd be November or no, probably about the same time. Yeah, when Congress was coming out of session, you know, for the last day of Congress, um, we um, Senator Danes put our bill up as a standalone bill. Then sure. So when you do that in the Senate, it had already passed out of the House, mm-hmm. and so when you put it as a standalone in the Senate, you need a major one hundred percent, hundred all hundred senators have to vote yes. Mm-hmm. And we had one guy, Mike Lee, state of Utah, uh, ultra conservative, said no. And to this day, he still wouldn't give us a day, uh, reason why. He's really? Done it. Yeah. So he's going to get a Christmas card for me today. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fantastic. I, you know, Merry Christmas, Mike. <laughs> I was... love Chairman Gray. <laughs> Number Chairman 574. Federally recognized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I've read a couple of, uh, most, there's lots of stories on Facebook. Almost everything was positive, congratulations, stuff like that. And there's just a couple people who are like, ah, it's just another shameless welfare grab. Which drives me crazy, because, I mean, how much does it, Yeah, that's, that's probably the thing that bugs me the most about that, mm -hmm. is that, you know, I mean, of course you're always going to have some kind of stereotype, racism out there. Sure. Especially with the Indian country, because everyone... Not everyone, people who think like that always think, well, we conquered them. We shouldn't have to, you know, and that's that mentality. And it just really bites me because it's like, you didn't conquer us. We're still here. You know, we signed agreement, treaties, they were called, do your history, go back to school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's the one myth that there is, that there's a handout. Mm -hmm. 
it there's no handout. What all this is going to offer offer us is more opportunity to apply for grants like everybody else. Sure. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It levels the playing field. Exactly, and we're going to have to be just as accountable, if not more. You know, to mm-hmm. to how money is spent and used. So that that really bugs me because people do think you still hear, oh, they all Indians get a free college money. Mm-hmm. Well, where's mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't they don't get that. They definitely don't get a free check every month. I mean, the money that they do get is if land is held in trust for um, maybe uh, agricultural leases, mm-hmm. uh, mineral leases. Then the government does pay that landholder whatever amount that is, and it's usually not very much, yeah. a month or a quarter or however it's worked out. That's yeah. the check that people think Indian, all Indians get. Every month. Don't. Yeah. But there are very rich tribes out there that do pay a lot of money to their memberships, and rightfully so. And, for example, like the Shakopee, there's 480-some members. They all get a million dollars a year just for being a member. Wow. Yeah. Where's the Shakopee? It's just right out of Minneapolis. Okay. And they have a huge casino. Oh. Just bought a hotel um, last, two years ago uh, right at the Mall of America. They own cool. a lot of stuff. And they, do, <laughs> they did it right. I mean, and so why not treat your members well? Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. I suppose uh, mineral oil and gas stuff is pretty good source of income too isn't it oh yeah 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 there's some real wealthy tribes in north dakota that yeah. uh, you know with the Balkan and stuff like that and then um back east the cherokee the eastern band of cherokee they're in Asheville, right out of Asheville, north carolina and then the kind of the smoky mountain area yeah they have um a really big casino there they pay their members anywhere from four thousand to seven thousand quarterly oh cool yeah, but that's all money made from, and they all work, you know, yeah. and and do whatever. Mm-hmm. So it varies. Navajo Nation, largest tribe, they don't pay anything. Yeah, it's so huge, huge yeah. reservation too. Yeah, a lot of members. And I've driven through it a number of times. There's some pretty nice land there, but there's some real just. It's rough. They just <laughs> dirt. You can tell they were like. Mm. Yeah, we don't want this. You guys can have it. There's <laughs> nothing here. Yeah. Have fun living on it. Yeah. Pushed, actually got pushed to that area. Yeah. That's a reservation. You go live there, go be farmers. And it's like, how the hell are you going to grow out here, right? <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. like uh Mexican hat, mm-hmm. that little community. I don't know if you can even call it a town. <laughs> it is incredible how like there is nothing there. Yeah. It's like dry lake bed, salt. Yeah. Not a green thing to be seen for miles, mm. and then houses. Yeah, yeah. And okay, where are you gonna where are you gonna work? That's another thing. Yeah, exactly. What, what industry do you have there yeah. to yeah. employ people? It's just. I was talking. Salt, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine down in Albuquerque, and he was doing some work out on the Navajo, and they still to this day. He said, "Yeah, I have one of the. He's part of this. Um, I think it's called Wings Wings of America, or Wings or something. It's a running group mm-hmm. for Native okay. kids." They're, oh, cool. they're runners yeah. and one of the girls was and she still has to get up every morning and go haul water because they don't have water and cut wood because they still burn and cook for with wood yeah. out on the Navajo Nation and if you ever go out to like Monument Valley and take a tour they're still they still live in Hogan's out there really yeah and it's pretty desolate god really desolate 
know, and you're like, wow. Yeah. I, I watched an interesting presentation about that area, um, <clears throat> and I mean, they. So you are working with the census, census 2020, correct? Yep. Um, the presentation that I watched, I think it was probably in 2012, about just finding people who live there. Uh, you can't find them. Yeah. Like, there's hundreds of them out there that nobody, like, I don't know where they are. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just go on out there and start looking. Exactly. And yeah. that's a, and I'd love to hear more about that. That's a huge challenge to get native people to sign on to the census. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, with that whole portion of the thing is there's a lot of, mistrust and distrust of the federal government still right yeah they've promised us a lot and given us they haven't fulfilled those promises right so when someone comes knocking at your door and say hey we're a u.s census bureau we want to count you and they're like yeah wait mm-hmm. a minute and you know you're living in a house that has two bedrooms and you have you know 12 people that's like am i gonna get in trouble you know so mm-hmm. there's so there's a lot of that that privacy stuff that any country still worries about Sure. To this day. I mean, it's huge. How do you combat that? Um, so what, what they try to do is they try to hire people from those communities mm-hmm. that people know. And sure. say, you know, hey, Joe, you're in Billings. Go count people in Billings for us. You know, they mm-hmm. might know you. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's the only way you can do it. Just develop some kind yeah. of trust. Back in 2000, um, they had a road tour. The, and they had 12 regions for the Bureau back then. And they sent out these um, mini motorhomes and put up things and come to the center, you know, hand out little swag and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The road tour bus went to Pine Ridge and drove on and they like escorted them off and get the hell off of our reservation. No kidding. Yeah. Cops I mean, <laughs> took them off and like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You can't blame them. Right. I mean, shit. Shakopee said the same thing, said, you know what, we don't, we'll give you our number. You don't count us. We'll yeah. count ourselves. Don't call us. We'll yeah. call you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a more effective strategy, you think, going forward? No. No? Because all does that the, just isolate you even more? It does. Mm-hmm. And what it does is if you... So the shock obviously can do that because they're not dependent on federal funds. Mm-hmm. But people like Pine Ridge, that hurts because everything um, federal-wise, like um, Head Start, school lunch services, housing... Whenever kind of grants go out, our money for that kind of stuff. I mean, even in Billings, right? Um, it's based on the census data. So sure. if you come to, a, if you got 500 kids in your Head Start, census says, no, we only counted 250 of you. Here's your $250, not your 500. It makes a huge difference. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, roads, schools, housing, um, you know, hospitals, you name it. Representation. Everything. That's the biggest one there, too. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, pretty good chance in 2020, Montana's going to get a second congressman. It should. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. If the census does their job and exactly. counts everybody where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing with, um, you know, with, especially with the Hispanic population. They're like, eh, you're not counting us. The citizenship question. Gonna, yeah. You're going to kick us out of here. But it's not on there. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, and that was one thing, too, that I learned with the Bureau. This time around, they were trying to have you put your enrollment number down. And we said as tribes, no way. That's mm-hmm. our private data. We're not going to give it to you guys. What would they, you know, who knows what they'd do with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, nope. And so what's the, the difference between enrollment data and just, just counting? 
I don't know. See, that was kind of the unknown thing. It's, it was almost like asking the the citizenship question. Oh, yeah. To us, that's getting really pretty invasive. It's like, sure. you know, that's the one thing that we have that you'll never get, you know, that enrollment data. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give people's numbers out. No. Yeah. Fair it enough. Was, it was interesting, and I don't know why. I mean, what was the hindsight behind that? Who brainstorm idea was that? I'd like to meet him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, and you know, I think there's probably, I don't know, I don't want to get too specific about it, but there's probably a pretty strong interest in keeping the numbers of maybe the unrepresented and the minorities down. So oh, yeah. That, yep. Um, <laughs> the, well, I think that's pretty well documented that that's been, and it's going to be ongoing. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw their booting. 500-some yep. thousand people off of the voting rolls in Georgia and, was it Alabama, as Ooh. of yesterday? Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. I haven't totally. heard from them recently enough, so sorry. Yeah. No voting. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. And then, uh, <laughs> so North Dakota, this last, in 2016, um, on the reservations, if you didn't have a physical address, mm-hmm. you couldn't vote. Really? Yeah. P.O. boxes didn't count? Nope. And that was North Dakota, and that was a big thing for uh, um, Heidi Heidkamp. That's why she didn't win. Really? Yep. Yep, they took, said nope. How's that not the same as you have to own land to vote? I don't get it. back in the day. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's something else, how that, how that worked. And then I'm sure it's part of all the gerrymandering mm-hmm. that they're doing. Yeah, of course. Know, so. so what's the total native population of Montana? Do you have that offhand? Uh, I don't or have the total. the last sentence. I think sentence. it's about, Senses. yeah, I don't know, but I think we're 8% of the population. So okay. whatever the. 8% of a, a million, roughly a million. Yeah. That's what? Numbers. 80 people. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I guess that'd be 80,000, wouldn't it? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. That's a substantial that's, amount of people. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a notable percentage for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have. You know, as of when we actually see the the signature on and the ink dries on the bill, then we'll have eight reservations wow. in Montana. Gotcha. Right now there's seven. Eight. So the little shell's getting a reservation. Yeah, they in the bill it says um, at least 200 acres, and so we'll start identifying some place. So they list our service areas mm-hmm. as Cascade Hill or Blaine County. Mm-hmm. And so, since our tribal headquarters in Cascade County, be someplace around Great Falls. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I read kind of, kind of head, not really headquartered anywhere because <laughs> yeah. not federally recognized yet. But basically, Great Falls is where the yeah. office is. Yeah, we have an office. So we, you know, I mean, as a people, we've always been pretty self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. We've had to survive since you know, since the beginning of this stuff, and. We, in 2010 and 12, we took over a group of us um, as um, council. We purchased a uh, um, building that we call our event cultural center mm-hmm. on, on Hill 57, which is historical to us. Cool. But it's a building with three acres, and we hold events out there. And then in 2012, I purchased um 30,000-foot, 30, 30, square-foot um, office complex. Oh, we cool. rent out half of it. And the other halves are tribal offices. Oh, right on. So we're, we're not landless, but <laughs> as all the articles will say, oh, the landless. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. is that where you grew up in the Hill 57 area? 
No. Right, so where did what you grew up as a kid? So, yeah, I grew up in, uh, I was born in Browning on the Blackfeet Reservation. Okay. Um, went to elementary school on Rocky Boy. My dad was a superintendent of schools there. Um, moved to Great Falls, went to junior high there. But Hill 57 is historical because back in the day, you had Great Falls right on the river, the downtown. Mm-hmm. And any of Indians were pushed out to go live out there. Go live out there. You go, And that was a ways from town back in those days. Yeah. So, but now it's right there. Yeah. So, and then, you know, so a lot of Little Shell members, and they called them half-breeds back then, lived out there. Mm-hmm. Landless Indians um, lived in shacks, basically. Um, entire families. So it's pretty historical. There's still Little Shell families that live there uh, out of 57. So, yeah, it'd be nice for us to try to, you know, own some more of that property. And my vision is to, as it becomes for sale, definitely pick it up and start buying it and owning it and saying, you know, it's just kind of farmland right now. Sure. Mostly out there. Is it leases mostly or is it just dry land, just wide open? Yeah, mostly wheat farms. Gotcha. (laughs) There's some, you know, construction companies there. The Hutterites owned an egg plant, but they let that go. Hmm. And then us, and then as you farther out you go from the Hill 57, we're down here at this farm. Gotcha. Big wheat farm. Yeah. I was thinking last night about how growing up in Wyoming, you know, (laughs) the Wild West, my high school history class just kind of just barely breezed through, glossed over, glazed over any kind of like real history of the place mm-hmm. as far as history class matters the history of wyoming started in the 1850s and then there was a void there nothing happened there previous <laughs> to that and uh i got to go to a couple of good like uh just uh what was the name of the class it was basically the history of the native american people of montana mm-hmm. when i went to college and i was like holy shit there's been people here a really long time, and I felt like a complete asshole because it's like, of course, like thousands and thousands of years, and, and we're the interlopers, we're the we're the newbies. Um, but I, I, it's tough to because like here I sit, just a white kid, grew up completely ignorant and kind of surrounded by racism. Um, I don't even know what the hell to do. I, like, what can what can Joe as well, Joe's as a just a dumb middle aged white guy. What can we do? Like, where where can we help? What you know, what I, needs I, to be done. I I think that's important because I think you know as you learn more about Indian people throughout Montana, Wyoming. I think the important thing is to to um, help dispel the myths that other people have. Mm-hmm. You know that Indians are drunk, lazy, get a paycheck every month, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Because I think um, if we stop that kind of stuff, then people become more educated yeah. and more accepting of other people. Mm-hmm. And you know that goes across the board. I think too. You know, for all of us. I mean, Montana and Wyoming is not very diverse. No. So it's kind of you know, brown no. skin people. There, where are they at? You know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But I think you know, as that, and I hate to say it, you know. So I'm also chairman of the Rock Mountain Tribal Leaders Council, and we have two tribes from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming is really, really behind the times, and those tribes get treated like dirt down there. Yeah. From the yeah. Wyoming government, it's sad. I mean, they have to fight all the time, and 
I have to give kudos to Montana. I mean, we're we're one of the more progressive states towards Indian people. Really? Which is really good. Yeah. 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 It's good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it feels but, like we're not very progressive, but Right. And it yeah. We could you take it, sport, North Dakota but... isn't either. And um I grew up with a kid named Scott Davis. He's the director of Indian Affairs. Mm-hmm. And you hear him talk about how they're treated in North Dakota. And then you hear someone like Jason Smith, who's the director of Indian Affairs for the governor here in Montana, mm-hmm. night and day. Really? Yep. Well, I mean, that's good. That's And I don't nice think Wyoming even has one. I wouldn't be surprised. So the tribes have to go and do everything all. and kind of fight for every little oh. scrap they can get. Good you know? Lord. Yeah. You know, my grandmother, um, the very progressive woman, bless her heart, you know, never had any hatred in her mind, open to new cultures, all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> still, driving from Sheridan to Billings, get into the reservation and kind of <laughs> sink down in the chair and lock the door. <laughs> yeah, and that's I heard that. So, uh, so when I was going to junior high and elementary school a little bit in Great Falls, we'd go, my grandparents lived in Browning, and uh, we'd go up there and visit them on the weekends or holidays or stuff, and come back and you'd hear that all the time from kids yeah you know we're gonna go through glacier make sure you lock your doors when you go through browning and it's like what we're just dumbfounded like why what do you mean by that yeah people are so friendly you know Uh uh-huh nothing would ever happen (laughs) but people rolled through and locked their doors as they drove through browning you know it's like this is crazy don't look out the window (laughs) yeah I was, you know, and I grew up around that, all that stuff. And dad and I were driving down from Reed Point and he had a big old load of fresh lumber out of the sawmill up there and on a <laughs> inappropriate trailer towed by an inappropriate pickup. And of course, everything went pear-shaped, <laughs> blew out a couple of tires right at, uh, right at Crow Agency. And dad's like, oh shit, better pull off here and see if there's any place we can get a tire fixed. And I was like, oh, oh. I was like, you know, a little kid. I was like, I've heard it reservations dangerous it was like a sunday afternoon we pull into the gas station dad's like where can we get a tire fixed and the lady's like go over to ben and just pointed at the place <laughs> right. right over there and we're like oh yeah there's like tires outside this dude's house yep. and we roll up and just knocked on the door answered the door dad's like you ben yeah it's like we blew out a tire well let's see what we can do and ben just like had one mounted up on a wheel he just took the blown out wheel off Threw the new one on there. Dad's <laughs> like, what do I owe you? Ben's like, it's Sunday. I don't work for money on Sundays. Oh. You just get out of here. <laughs> so dad made him take a $50 bill or something like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it was like, oh, okay. It this is, is like, actually just a town where people live and yeah. go to school and buy their groceries. And it, it's, I wish yeah, you'd be, a, if things like, you hear stories like that a lot. And a lot of times, I mean, they'll bend over backwards to take care of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's depending on the situation. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's just, that's a stereotype that people hear, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be careful. You're going through the res. That's just that. That's crazy. Yeah. I've been in, in Sheridan, a lot of, like, first-year teachers, they'll go teach at uh, Crow Agency. And, um, like, everybody's like, ooh, be careful up there. <laughs> and yeah. most of them absolutely fall in love with it. Yep. And get a job in Sheridan because they have, don't have to drive 56 miles each way every morning. Yeah. And so it, I get it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, apparently it's a pretty good opportunity. And it's a fantastic way to learn how to be a teacher too. Yeah. So a lot of the, I was a teacher 
And Wait. yeah, I was a fifth grade teacher on the Rocky, or it was Rocky Boy Reservation, but in Box Elder. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reservations in Montana pay more, are mm-hmm. able to pay more for teachers. Oh, cool. Yeah, so a lot of first year teachers will go to to reservations to to start out. Yeah. But now, you know, of course, the student loan program, federal student loan, how have those, um, you work in a deprived or whatever area they call it nowadays, mm-hmm. and you get part of your student loans paid for. Loan forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. Except for that program's completely gutted over the last three years. Is it gone? Miss DeVos. No, it's not gone. It still oh, she? exists. <laughs> but oh, her. if you make... Oh, uh, her. <laughs> you have to, yeah. You have to reapply every year. Yeah. And you have to say, look, where I've been working every year and blah, 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 send in all your paperwork. You make a mistake... They don't call you back and say, hey, redo this one, send it back in. Yeah. They drop you right off the rolls, and you start over. Oh, man. You don't, your first nine years don't count for your 10-year program. You're back at year one. Really? It's awful, yeah. 99% of new applicants were turned away last year. Oh, Isn't that nice? Now, that just shows you how well our system's working, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As if you had any doubt before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go with this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can go off on that tangent all we want. Oh, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're working full-time at the census? Or no, what, so what did you do, my uh, brother, brother and I um, have an advertising agency. Okay. And we're, we were hired through a, a prime contractor to handle the American and Alaska Native portion of the census nationwide okay so that's like uh brochures pamphlets uh it's mostly print ads print ads uh, and stuff like that tv ads radio ads posters yeah yeah so what we're trying to do is that census has three phases uh awareness motivate and reminder phase and the census saves a lot of money if you fill out your form without them coming and knocking on your door oh yeah or even what they'll do is they'll if you send out the form if you fill it out, great. If you don't, they send you a reminder that costs postage. If you don't do it at the last part of it, the reminder phase, they'll knock on the door. Gotcha. Yeah, and it costs a lot of money to, to do that. I think in Montana, they're paying seventeen fifty an hour. Mm-hmm. So you do the math. Mm-hmm. It, it gets expensive nationwide for, yeah. for that. And so then drive out in the middle of nowhere in eastern Montana. It's, you're an hour between doors yeah. out there. Yep. So it's... Gas and time and everything. And that's for people who have doors. Right. I mean, (laughs) there's plenty of people you can't, like, on the reservation or in cities. Yeah. Like, there's no door to knock on. There's no address to mail shit to. Yep. And they still need to be counted. Yeah, and you come to, you know, like if this, in New Mexico, there's a lot of places, like, so you have your house, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of these in the back no one knows about. Oh, the ADUs, the accessory Everything. dwelling units, the yep. grandmother houses, yeah. A ton of them. Yeah. Mm. And they're, you know, they're probably not even compliant with anything. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so they don't want to answer the door. You don't know how many are in the back, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of missed people. Sure. Climbing fences and getting chased by dogs for seventeen fifty an hour. Oh, I couldn't handle it. I would yeah. not enjoy that job, I don't mm-hmm. think. My dad does. For some reason, he loves the census. Your dad's a census really? Yeah, yeah, he, he uh um he did it the last one he did a lot of data entry um but he did knock doors and make phone calls and he loves that kind of stuff yeah talking talking to people and telling jokes telling jokes (laughs) your dad is a it's just right up his wheelhouse yeah that's good for him (laughs) this this is be the first time in census history you could fill it out on um 
online. Online, yeah. Yeah, on your phone wow. or whatever. It's only like 10 questions. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. the hardest thing in the world to do. And then so fill out your I, census. I forget when they'll come out. I, I don't know how many years in between, but they'll have what they call a long form, and that thing is really, I, I think, I invasive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah? What's the square footage of your kitchen? <laughs> like what? Spit in yeah. this tube. So you and G and G advertising did this for uh, twenty ten too, correct? And two thousand. Really? Yeah. So this is yeah. Wow, three full senses. Yeah, we're uh, we're the old guys on the block with the with this kind of stuff. It's gotcha. Our, well, you must we call it our third decennial. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's yeah. a good word. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking, speaking of advertising, I think. Uh, Somebody in town might be looking for a new advertiser, specifically the the chamber no. with, with their uh, campaign. I don't know if you read any of oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe it was Alex Bonifgoski wrote a an op ed in her yeah. Alexis um, East of Billings blog. Um, I think I'd just be remiss not to ask you what 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 would you what did you think of the chamber's um, marketing and advertising, you know, around town. You know, with I their think onward I, pioneers billboards I that they've been was, marketing here. I think uh, I couldn't believe it because I'm just like, uh, in this day and age, yeah, and it was an out of state. In the hell, out- wouldn't want to check this with somebody first, you know? Exactly. We have these things in advertising, and obviously the chamber doesn't, but they're called focus groups. <laughs> you can actually talk to people and say, sure. "What do you think about this? You know, should we do this? You know, yeah." No one does that here. And so, uh, yeah, of course, was, yeah. the amount of money probably spent on that, <laughs> scrubbing the billboards off, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, just where they placed them, too. It was just like... Uh, on the Crow Res. Yeah, on the Crow Reservation. Yeah. They put these. Yeah. And it became very apparent that the, the blowback from it when they immediately started taking it down. It's like, oh, shit, we didn't, we didn't talk about this, did we? Yeah. Because they yeah. immediately just started trying to get rid of any trace of it you know and to me the buck stops at top so brewer should be answering yeah. to this right away and, and, and making it, and his it w- rounds and saying i'm the idiot that approved it uh-huh. or let it go by me without seeing it because i mean i just feel that's just really disingenuous to do something like that for sure yeah. um they released that statement right away <clears throat> well not right away but when they knew it was time and I, it was <laughs> the pressure got about this. Yeah. yeah, I I'm glad that they, even in his in his statement, he said, "Yeah, you're right. This this never should have happened." And he didn't say he didn't quote you. I'm the idiot. But he got kind of close. I mean, he took he took full blame. That's good. Which I admired. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> You know, they're taking action. They're putting their money where their mouth is now because they're taking down all that shit they paid for. Yeah. Which is, you know, I guess better than nothing. It, yeah. They could have they could have handled it way worse. They could have said, go go to hell. It's, We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it. I think that was, you know, good move to, to remove it. Yeah. Is, yeah, you have to. But, you know, in my world, um, advertising, if that happened, if we did that you fire the agency that did that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they didn't do their due diligence. And it's not that hard to do that kind of gut check. Yeah. Especially if that's your bread and butter, you're exactly advertising to people. Yeah. I mean, to come, you got to gotta know the people that you're advertising to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and someone knew where they're placing that. Yeah. Or too, you know, so it seems pretty obvious anyway, doesn't it? Like yeah. let's pick, 
this location and mm. let's stick the pioneer one up and we're like yeah. oh boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> come discover montana just like we did 100 yeah. years ago yeah it, <laughs> it ran i don't know how, where my brother saw but yeah i mean he was in dc this week and he was like sent me the link and said check this shit out and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so, so is that something like uh, the tribal leaders like if if somebody wanted to run something like that by yeah could they just call the rocky mountain tribal tribal leaders council and oh yeah yeah that was uh that's what exactly my brother said check this shit out you should run it because we were having a rock mountain tribal leaders quarterly meeting and he said you should show them <laughs> yeah let's let's see how this plays out first oh, you know but yeah of course you know there's enough indians in montana uh, especially around here crow they have a tribal council um, they yeah. have a historical department so yeah just ask it's not hard to do that's yeah, a, that's what that, that's the whole thing that just got me is like why didn't you just check with somebody how does this go by you know so mm-hmm. interesting. Well, we we had a fun evening recording a podcast in here a few months ago hollering about the thundercats logo for the uss oh. billings crew <laughs> the mountain lion with the big war bonnet headdress on throwing shit around in here like come on <laughs> we're just a couple of dumb dumb asses and we knew better than that and i had my say on that too but they didn't take it really yeah i said what come on you know not one all tribes aren't wearing war bonnets you yeah know? and i'm like geez you guys can do better than this but it still got produced so they did I ask and then you yeah. you answered and they said go to hell, tester's huh? office asked me wow and i'm like nope no way this is not going to cut it. We, you guys can do better than this. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Well, I mean, they did address it, though, eventually. Well, they took all of the, or most of the references to any kind of Native American stuff off of it. Yeah. Which is, again, better than nothing. But You know, and I, and I think they meant well. You yeah. Kind of like the warrior, mm-hmm. you know, but you can do it right, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. So just, yeah. It wasn't Let's the- stick a feather on it and... Now we're tough. You know. Yeah, Gosh. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't the Cleveland Indians logo. Or no, it's not Chief Wahoo. Good yeah. God, that's, that's a dandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think too, though, as as you know, we go through um, a lot of tribes have really good um, tipo office, tribal historical preservation offices, mm-hmm. where they have. You know, we've gotten away from the oral stuff, and we started getting. Um, DVDs, CDs of these elders talking about that kind of stuff. So it's easier to get that information Mm -hmm. and say, hey, someone talk about, you know, Sacrifice Cliff out here. What what happened? You know, and you can probably find it pretty easy, especially with like for the Crow or Northern Cheyenne. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'd love to hear about that place instead of all those ugly TV towers and (laughs) radio towers. It's like, or staring at the Metro. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's part of the history, to understand the history, not just in a traditional sense like um, Joe and I know it, which is it's in the history book, or you can read Douglas Doug, Doug, Doug MacArthur's you know, biography on what he did in X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think that kind of pairs hand in hand with the oral history of the Native people, that you have to understand that to understand that. Yeah, in a way, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, it does, and I think you know too is is um, our culture. All of our cultures are, are progressive. We get lazier. 
So we don't want to do the, the deep dive and go find it. So sure. we'll just take what's right. Page one, Google, Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> First result. Yeah. Someone paid 10 bucks, donated so they can <laughs> add whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So it's like, oh, man, come on. Gotcha. Well, it's it's nice that, like, for instance, Joe Medicine Crow is kind of a celebrity. Yeah. You know, and how many hundreds of hours of him talking is there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a cool, dog or two. Yeah. But it's nice it's nice that things like that happen and I think that should be probably pursued further. Because yeah. there's a lot left to be done when it comes to that kind of stuff. And there was a big kind of a riff when they named that middle school after him up in the heights. Oh, oh yeah, man. people were bitching. Yeah, Billings is like, What the hell are you Are you about? serious? Yeah. <laughs> Get a life. My little kid to go to Joe Medicine Crow. Like it's a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be a little bit more worried about my teachers and yeah. administration than I would about the name of the school. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Or also, Will James or Lewis and Clark, no one yeah, said. Ben Still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just sad. It's the mentality of some people. In buildings. Yeah. I mean, it's it is very like, sad. It's, it's awful. A, it's a tough place, for sure. Well, I don't know. I think we've taken enough of your time. I think oh, so. That was fun. 574. 574. Or the 574th recognized child. Nice. Well, congratulations. Gerald Gray. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate it, guys.